Welcome to this edition of Upcycling with Deb. I'm your host, Deb Colometta. I wrote a number one best-selling book called Best Offer, Best Life. Have you signed up for my online course? Not a webinar, but a debinar on Best Offer, Best Life. For more information, go to the website, thedebsite.com. I'll be sure to put some information in the show notes as well as on the screen for anybody who's watching. Please remember to subscribe for free to Upcycling with Deb and you'll get the new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. I'm sharing a great interview with you today. I was recently invited by an NPR affiliate, WICN and Media Boss to talk about online yard sales. And we had so much fun. This is kind of a condensed version of one of my live workshops. So I hope that you will enjoy it as much as I enjoyed participating in the interview. Take a listen. Hi everybody, welcome to Business Speed. We have a really cool show about a really cool topic with you. And I'm here with Aaron and Deb and David. Yes. So I'm gonna actually hand it off to Aaron to actually get the show started today because I think there's a lot of synergy here with you and oh, well, Deb. Can listen? I love Deb. I'm Deb's <laughs> biggest fan. Oh. Today we have Deb Colometta who is um, author of Best Offer, Best Life. Tell me about Best Offer, Best Life and how this came to be. Well, the book is, is something that came about because my husband and I, we had a journey that I wanted to share with other people. A couple of years ago, our family was growing and we were looking around our house and realizing that we just pretty much didn't have room for the baby that was on the way. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> so we started looking at real estate and going to different open houses and realizing that we were shocked at the pricing that is in the Boston market and for maybe 50% more expensive of a house, we would only get like 5% more space. We did not want to go that route. Um, we figured while the market cooled off, hopefully, um, we could look at our own space and see what we could do to make our own space better and more livable. Because we knew that if we did sell our house, we'd need to purge some things anyway. Um, so we started the purging process and making more space and trying to get rid of some toys and some electronics. And what happened was we yielded this huge pile of, of stuff that was working perfect condition items that we just no longer had a use for. And of course, I didn't want to put them in the trash, right. but I didn't know what to do with it. Right. And I was introduced to the idea of selling some items through online yard sales. And the rest is history. <laughs> so um, online yard sales are when you can use Facebook or an app such as Let Go or OfferUp, um, a free service that you put on your phone. You know, you can use social media to do this. And you basically post a few items that you have that you maybe already own, and then you can sell them, you know, not for the, usually the retail price. Um, but the point is to get the things out of your space so that you don't feel like you're drowning in your own stuff, which is not a good feeling. It is not. And, and it sounds similar to the Marie Kondo craze, but it is completely different. And that's what I want to talk about. I mean, she uh, says you just need to get rid of your things so that you can live a more streamlined life. Can you tell us about your philosophy? Because it's different. 
It is. I, so I, I did watch that series and I really enjoyed it, but I do have a different approach because I want to make sure that I am very mindful with what I discard and what we take out of our space. Yeah. And I also want to make sure that we give it back, that we give it forward to someone else maybe who could use it. You have to get rid of that stigma of, oh, that was used or, oh, you know, I don't want hand-me-downs. Oh, I love hand-me-downs because right. most of the time they're hand-me-downs because they're in excellent condition and somebody doesn't want to um, just put them in a landfill somewhere. I'm trying to break people's idea of what recycled items are. Oftentimes, I will give a talk and I'll wear head-to-toe designer clothing, Manolo Blahnik shoes, uh, Michael Kors uh, jumpsuit, anything like that. And I, I get it all on consignment, mm -hmm. things that are recycled, so that I'm not contributing to that fashion footprint of people buying things and just hanging them in their closet and then maybe uh, throwing them away or discarding them and then they, you know, turn into trash. And that's not what right. I'm about. So on the one hand, you can go through this process and purge and just throw everything away or put it out to the curb. Um, and that has its own value, I guess. But I prefer to look at it in a more intentional way where you could make some money off of your items, some of your best items. Um, it, can, it can be overwhelming for people to think, oh my gosh, I have this huge pile of stuff and now I have to sell every single piece. But that's not what it's about. It's really like choosing your top items and making the biggest profit margin on those particular items and, and focusing your effort on the things that are a little bit more valuable. So that's what the book's basically a guide to how to do it. Because I mean, I think when it's kind of a daunting thing to just say, how do you even start? And what I like about the book is it's a, it's not a big book. It's written for a guy like me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no big words in there, but it does. It's a like a step-by-step, -step, this is how you do it. This is the most successful, don't do that, that's dumb. Right. Um, this right. is a, you know, Tuesday's the best day to do this, Wednesday the crappiest day to do this. So it's like, oh. I loved the, the detail of it because you learn it's the hard way. Yeah, It is a blueprint and I wrote it to be short on purpose so that people could read it in under two hours. So. I wanted people to be able to feel like they're not just reading this to procrastinate with their selling duties. Uh, I wanted them to feel like um, they could read even just the first few pages and start to feel motivation. Right. And that's what it's all about. That's the reason why I wrote the book is to help people feel motivated and inspired to do it for themselves. I started selling things on Facebook and because of that, um, some of my friends noticed mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of times at first they would say, is everything okay? Like, why are, you so, why are you selling all your stuff? Should we know something? So that created its own buzz. And then it caught on within my circle of influence. So other people started to sell things or um, get rid of things through social media as well. So people saw me as kind of a, a knowledgeable person. I, I don't want to call myself an online yard sale expert. That's not what I set out to be when I was a little kid. Yeah. You don't need that tension. <laughs> so um, people would come to me for some advice, like, hey, how would you price this? Or do you have any copy that you might use to write this ad? So I started writing the tips down. And then eventually a couple of people said, hey, you should turn this into a book. And I did. And so that was not that long ago. No, that was actually, um, it took a while to uh, accumulate the items and the, the paragraphs for the book. I would just kind of write notes about what works, what didn't work. Um, and I'm a note taker. So I was able to 
take my notes and, and kind of spin them into a book. But had I known how difficult the process would be <laughs> writing a book, I, I don't know if I would be able I, to do it again. I, I want to say, like, so there's somebody in the car now listening to the show saying, was this book corner? How's this business be? This is what I love about this whole journey was that you actually went from taking what was a problem in your life, writing a book about it, and then turning it into a business for yourself. So now what you're doing is actually an operation. This is a yeah. this is a business for you. You do seminars, webinars, yes. and, uh, <laughs> and you teach people how to go through this. And I think there's one really great example in the book that I want to just bring up really quickly, which is about the blender. Can you tell me the blender story for the audience? Oh, sure. We had a number of things that we registered for for our wedding, um, like many happy young couples do. And you <laughs> envision the mansion the that you're going to own. The number one way to accumulate trash is a wedding registry. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We had gotten this incredibly expensive blender, and I almost never used it. I don't know why. I feel, feel like every time I looked at it, it was sitting on the counter, and it was a reminder of something that I spent way too much on. And it was like the this negative little nagging feeling. Yet I felt like I had to put it on display because we spent so much money on it and it would be a shame to hide it in the cabinet. So what I did was I posted it online and sold it for probably half of what we spent for it. So we, we made like maybe $200 on it. And then I turned around and bought one on a Black Friday sale um, that was a fraction of the cost and I had a profit left over. So it's, it's little things like that. And then now I have more counter space because the blender that I used to replace it was smaller. Additionally, yes. <laughs> additionally and this is my actually my favorite part of the story is that that actually gave you a negative feeling every time you looked at it. Right. And not only is she remove it, now that negative feeling is not there. And I think that when people have accumulated stuff that they're not in love with, they don't really want, you're carrying that baggage with yeah, you, you all day. Sure. Yes. You know, you talk about lifestyle. And, yep. and I think that's part of why people want to streamline. And this is why tossing it isn't always the right answer because the way you got rid of it actually made you feel better about yourself, made right. somebody else happy for something that they wanted yep. and right. got a good deal on. And then you were able to replace it and do it appropriately. I think that's a great way to fix your life. Yes. Right? And the other thing was it was a quick process. So people say, eh, I don't have time for online yard sales. But with an item that has a profit margin like that, or I shouldn't even say profit because technically right. we took a loss because right. we spent a certain amount, but we, we owned the item for four years yeah. and it sat on our counter or, or several years. Um, so I took a picture and within a day we had the $200 or however much we sold it for back in our pockets. So it was a quick exchange, a couple of pictures. It didn't cost us any money. So and it's also something that you were in control of and that you did. Yes. You did this. Right. And yeah, that's that the other piece, I think. Yes, like so many things in life, you just have to take action. A lot of times people say to me, oh, I have so much stuff I could sell. I just, and what I tell people in my workshops is you just have to start today. Just take some pictures, post them. You can do it in under a minute. You don't have to write a long paragraph. You don't have to come up with something catchy. I like to because I get a kick out of my own writing. I <laughs> amuse myself immensely. Um, but, That's why you're not. <laughs> so I just like to snap a few pictures, slap a price on it, and go on about my day. And if it doesn't sell, what's it to me? It took a minute out of my right. life. It's, it's kind of like the stewing is worse than the doing. Right. So if you sit on it and you think about it, it takes this mental energy. Um, you accumulate this big pile of stuff and then it becomes this overwhelming task. Right. If what, like what we did, if you kind of 
sell as you go, it becomes less of a daunting task. This is also something that I've heard from older individuals who are looking to downsize. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, I have a whole house full of stuff but I'm looking to move in a couple of years, I say, don't wait for an estate sale. Have your own estate sale right. and do it as you go along. If you know you're going to be moving in a couple of years, we had anticipated we were going to be moving in a few years, do it dribs and drabs, and it does add up. The catch is, and a lot of people say, well, how did you become, you know, you found wealth through selling some blenders <laughs> and a lamp? <laughs> That's not what it's about. And spoiler alert for the book, it's more about the fact that we never ended up moving. We were able to keep our totally reasonable mortgage, and we have what feels like a space that has doubled in size because we have half of the junk yeah. that we had. Yeah. So that is really important to me to get that message out to people. It's about taking control of your stuff, feeling like you're contributing to some sort of environmentalism because you're not right. consuming more junk and throwing away more things, but that you're being intentional about it. So it's kind of like a, an accidental business. I didn't really um, start this as a, a, to, as a way to monetize this whole process, but I was really trying to start from a place that was really pure in wanting to help other people do it too. We felt so good about ourselves and we have such pride in our home now, just a little house. We feel comfortable having people over. We don't feel like people are tripping over toys. And you can spring by my house pretty much any time. And, and it looks pretty neat because we don't have a ton of junk. So I want other people to feel like you can control your stuff. You don't have to let it you know, drown you out. I think this also, you mentioned, I want to come back to the blender story for a second. But we tend to confuse cost versus value, right? Mm -hmm. There's, you bought something three years ago for $200. You used it X number of times over that period, then you go, you know what, I don't need this anymore, I'm gonna get rid of it. And you sell, even if you sell for 100 bucks, you think, well, I took a loss. You didn't take a loss because you got, you extracted a lot of value out of that item and then you're selling it and somebody else is gonna get some value out of it and you got 100 bucks in your pocket again. Right. You know, we, we, we tend to lose sight of those things over time. I, I'm buying the book as soon as we get done taping today because <laughs> um, I have so much stuff I need to get rid of. Um, but in a society, you know, the stigma of whether it's buying used clothes or, or pre-worn clothes, pre-worn shoes, whatever it is, but used record stores are huge. Yeah. Used bookstores, I'm a nerd. I go to used bookstores a lot, and I, I buy more books than I'm ever going to read, and I have them stacked up in the house, but that's okay. Uh, I'll resell them <laughs> you know, right. through, through the system. Something that's previously been used, still, there's nothing wrong with it. Inherently, it's still viable. Take advantage of that stuff. Right. And I, I love the whole methodology here. And the other thing I want to make a point of, we're in age, like I've inherited a lot of my dad's stuff. When he passed away, he left a house full of stuff. I'm still working my way through. And, do I sell this on eBay? What do I do? How do I get rid of like, There's a generation of us that are now, our parents are either they're downsizing or they're dying and we get left with all this stuff. What do we do with it? And this applies to that as well. It really does. And, and I'll tell you the same thing that I tell people in the workshop. Don't feel overwhelmed. Don't think you have to sell every single item. Yeah. Pick the most valuable items and focus your, your efforts on that. Like, for example, I never found it to be too profitable to resell cl clothing. Kids' clothing, my own clothing, it just isn't worth the time. However, I do have a little addiction to designer labels, which my <laughs> husband will tell you about. And uh, that, you have a huge return because you bring it, you might bring it to a designer consignment store. There's one um, locally where I am. 
Um, and that I can drop off something and then have a $200 credit or $200 cash. To make that $200 selling normal everyday clothing, you'd have to sell, have to sell tons of clothing. Yeah. It's not worth my time. Right. So you want to focus on the things that are going to give you the higher return, and that's going to motivate you. I can tell you that my husband really got on board when we sold the blender, especially <laughs> because he's like, oh my gosh, somebody just gave us a couple hundred dollars for something that was sitting on our counter unused. Another point I wanted to make is if you feel like if you have a, a, a ton of things to get rid of, you can get rid of them. It's okay, you have permission. And one thing that I've noticed within my connections on Facebook and social media is that people are starting to do what I've been doing, which is, okay, maybe I don't need the 10 bucks. I'll just give the lamp away. Mm -hmm. And still that creates value because you're decluttering your space right. and then you don't feel like you have to move to a bigger house. So a lot of the things we started to say, hey, does anybody need this giant new stock pot? Or does anybody need this, you know, this cool baby gear thing for free? And people among my friends started to respond and say, yeah, I could use that. So there's been almost a, a mini movement within my own community of people just giving things away. Uh, we have a, a friend of mine actually uh, gave us a bike. She bought it on an online yard sale, I believe. And then I bought it from her and my son learned to ride this bike. We had gone out and bought him this amazing, incredible bicycle that he couldn't ride because it was way too complicated for him. But this simple bike came into our lives and then he got on it and immediately rode it. And then I gave it to another friend whose child was having trouble riding a bike, then she passed it on to another. So the same bike has probably a thousand miles on it. Um, and it went from one person to another and no new bike was generated. Um, so no, we didn't make a ton of money off that, but it saved somebody from having well, to spend a hundred dollars. It's not about yeah. the money at that point. No. You know, what, what happened with the Marie Kondo thing was that, you know, all of a sudden Goodwill, you know, was super excited because they got a ton of stuff in, but, and then the next outflow is that a lot of what they don't sell gets put into the shredded, trash. Right. Trash becomes yeah. landfill too. It's not yeah. like they can handle every single thing. So when you repurpose something, whether you give it away, sell for something, or donate it, and it actually goes into another set of hands, somebody who could really use it. You mentioned something about a couch, right? Right. Right. Where it was slightly used, but the guy was psyched to have it when you when you donated it. And it, was he veteran? Was that the story? Yeah. So what happened was we literally had three couches in our house <laughs> and we have one little living room. We had two couches that were in our garage that we had been meaning to and donate. And, right and I was actually cross selling in that case because the man came for a piece of office furniture that I was selling and he looked over and he said, are you selling that couch? And I said, uh, no, yes, no. I am. <laughs> yes, I am. And he said, yeah, he would take it. And so not only did I sell it for money, I was waiting to call a company to, I was going to pay them $20 to haul it away. Yeah. Right. So it was really like, I feel like I made $95 yeah. because I didn't have to spend the money to, to get it picked up. Sure. And when you give things away, there is that inherently good feeling of I've done something, I've helped somebody else and it makes you feel good about yourself. And yes. there's no, no short supply of that. So and absolutely. We, we talked about in the community. We were just, we just had some uh, conversation about community young families, families transitioning, going from one place to another place, families that have lost things in a fire or, you know, or you know, families that have changed uh, relationships. You know, right. if you just put a little bit of time, whether you go to Habitat for Humanity and donate things to them mm -hmm. to hook people up, there's a lot to, you can do to, to go back to the community because what you think is cluttering your garage mm -hmm. is actually 
something that somebody doesn't have. And connecting those things takes a little bit of work, Yes, but it's good right. for everybody. It's huge payoff. It doesn't, the couch didn't end up in a landfill, which it shouldn't have, which is why I was struggling with getting rid of it because I, I didn't know there was another home out there for it. And I feel like that's, that's really an important element of it. The other reason why I started selling things online though has to do with that. I wanted to donate se several of my items and they weren't accepted by some of the donation outfits right. because they don't accept things perhaps like appliances that are more than five years old. Yeah. So I could not get rid of my oven even mm. though it worked perfectly. I was, really? I'm, I'm using it, it, all the burners work, everything worked. Somebody actually from Worcester drove to my house to, to pick it up and they took wow. it and they got a perfectly working nice oven they hauled it away from me. They brought somebody to take it to a truck. I didn't have to pay to get it hauled away. $25 fee is gone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to donate it yes. and couldn't. I have sold sets of dishes and I was thinking, oh, I'll just donate these. And then I thought, I don't want to go through the hassle of wrapping every dish and they're probably going to be chucked in the back of a donation truck and then they'll be smashed. So I posted it online at 10 o'clock, sat down to watch the program. And by the first commercial break, I had three people asking to buy them. Wow. So I didn't have to wrap them. I put yep. them in a box and I handed them to the person the next morning. And I had space for the new dishes that were coming. And So this is a good idea. And this really gets back to the point that this is, you were able to make this a business now. Yes. Yep. So why? how did this become a business? Well, as I said, I didn't. it, it was totally accidental in a way um, because... I really just wanted to help my friends be able to do this for themselves. It feels so good to free yourself from your stuff. It feels like you lose weight. I mean, you and you do. Literally, you lose lose the weight of your stuff. So I wrote the book, and then so there was... So there's online sales for selling the book. Yes. We, we have, have an audio book that's coming out, too, book, that yes. you can also now download. And then the Devonash of these... Free and then people come to listen to you and then then buy your book. Yes, they do. So uh, the the brand now has three elements, and it's it has to do with the book and workshops related to the book, helping people do it for themselves, and also my podcast, which is called Upcycling with Deb. So we are able to talk with the community of people who are excited about this, and you know they want to tell me how they're doing and how they've starting to purge their house. That element of it is the podcast, which is more interactive and more regular communication and then we have the webinars which I call debinars it's uh, what I call um, on-demand learning we call it on demand learning uh, I know I might can you access this on the Deb site yes the <laughs> website is the debsite.com right. but this is also unexpected this yes. you know the whole element of can do is written all over this you're sitting overwhelmed by something mm -hmm. you find a way to do it you find you help other people you create a product you sell the product you do seminars where the product this is how tony robbins got to be tony robbins i mean it's you've right? built a community um it sounds like and it, because people are, are super excited to become involved yes. and you had mentioned like, you know how, how have you grown this business i want to hear about that it's funny you had mentioned about the community and I I'm, I'm just talking about stuff. So I don't feel like, oh, people are coming to hear me speak. I feel like everybody can relate to the idea of too much stuff. When I tell this idea and talk about my book with people who I know have plenty of cash, they say, I have a big house full of stuff. Or I have, I talk to people who are just starting out and they say, we're combining households and we have 
too much stuff already. Or it just, it appeals to people who have kids, people who are downsizing. It's this common thread that connects us all. Junk is terrible, but it, it's uniting us. It's and a consumer society. I mean, yeah, everything we is. just, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Amazon Prime Day in July, yes. you know, you can get anything delivered in a day. Uh, Monday, Monday yeah. in history of yes. this year. Yes. You know, in this crazy economy, they sold more stuff than ever. Right. We're, we're constantly accumulating more stuff every single day. And then you, a couple of days goes, you know, do I really need this? Real, another point that you make in your book is about the, the storage spaces and how, how much storage space exists now. We live in Framingham. There is what used to be a Genzyme building. It used to be one of their offices, it, and the entire building now is a U-Haul box place, so a basic storage space. So what used to be cubicles filled with like hardworking people are now places to put stuff. So now people are just, there's no room in my house for it. I'm going to pay 200 bucks a month, 300 bucks a month, 400 bucks a month to go store it somewhere right. and yes. never use it. And pay that in perpetuity because I'm never going to go and address the, the fact that I have the stuff sitting in the first place right. and get rid of it. I mean, those hundred, several hundred dollars fees, that's what I used to paying rent in college. I mean, right. people used to pay that for their rent and now they're just paying it for stuff that's sitting dormant and unused. There are waiting lists to get into these storage facilities in many cases. So that's a real indicator of the problem that we have. But, you know, when I, when I do the workshops in person, I'm always shocked that they're packed. And, you know, I've had many cases where people have come in and we have to add more rows of chairs because everybody wow. has too much stuff. You know, I, you look out into the audience, you see all different ages, all different stages of life, and it just, it's, it really warms my heart that people are able to access this and they come back to me and they text me and they send me emails. They, they say, I had this stroller sitting in my garage for a year and I just sold it for $200. Wow. You know, that's, that's a good chunk of change. That sure. pays a bill. That could be a car payment for yeah. heaven's sake. So I love building that community and being able to capitalize that has been just a, a side benefit. You know, it's what drives me is being able to help people do this for themselves and, and it, it empowers me to help empower other people. And so how can people get involved? Well, you can <laughs> go to the website, thedebsite.com. Um, and you can buy copies of my book there. It's available on Amazon. It's in digital format. She did debut at number one in her slot at Amazon, and that was also a great strategy that she had to come out number one uh, in your, was it self-help or, uh, yeah, it category? Yeah, so I, I was actually neck and neck. I have the screenshots to prove it with <laughs> with Marie Kondo. <laughs> so we we were on the same page on Amazon there. And that was that was another thing. How it was, it's been driven. It's been driven through the community that has um, come up organically because of the content of the book. So when I published the book, I didn't actually know when it was going to be released on Amazon. Everything's kind of behind mystery and yeah. cloak and secrecy with Amazon. Right. They give you like a huge window of when it might be available. So I was thinking, oh, it'll be ready in a couple of months. And the next day I got an email, it's ready. So I pulled together a grassroots campaign among my family, friends, and contacts, asking people to purchase the book and help give it a good uh, debut <laughs> into the, into the oh. world. Um, so it did debut at number one in its category. I mean, that's crazy to be number one. And I think for women entrepreneurs, any entrepreneur, let's just not even women, just find your community, right? Right. And address your community. I feel like people think that the what they have to share doesn't have value. Mm -hmm. And if anything I've learned is like you, your thoughts and your organization and your successes do have value to lots of people. And I think that we take ourselves for granted all the time. Okay. The difference between you and somebody else is that you said, 
do it. Just take action. And that's something that I talk about almost every episode of my podcast, which is the difference between success and failure is just taking action uh, many times. So, and, and kind of sticking with it and continuing to take action, not just once, but continuing right. to do it. And I know that the next chapter of what the business will be is teaching people how to feel empowered. I am a, a professor at Northeastern. I do communication consulting and tech consulting, and I want to be able to take my knowledge and bring it to other people who want to do this for themselves. Best, yep. Best yep. practices and demystify it and make people feel like they can do it as well. I think that your message is inspirational outside of just the best offer, best life circle of you know recycling people's lives. But I think people who want to start a business or think they have a good idea for a business, be an entrepreneur, make it happen for yourself. A publishing platform exists for you, YouTube exists for you, podcasting that you could do at WICF. Right here in Studio 50, we have very favorable rates. You can come in and record your podcast right here. Yes, absolutely. And with support. You know, with support, not, that's not, right. Not a garage yeah. that they throw you in. And, that's uh, right. You know, with one of Deb's couches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so. I think that we live in an age where it's accessible to everybody. You just have to, you know, do it. Do it. Yeah. You just have to take action. So I want to be able to teach people how to do that, how to do it effectively. And I feel like it really fuels me when I get feedback from people who say, I tried your techniques. They actually worked. I sold something right away. People Amazing. make their first sale and then they're off and running. There is nothing more motivating than having cold hard cash in your hands. And we, so many people just use credit cards now, but the online yard sale world uses a lot of cash. So you look at that and you think, I can feed my family for free tonight because right. I've sold right. that piece of junk that I <laughs> that was junky to me that was brand new or you know unused and somebody else can use it for help in their life. And that's that's one other thing, you know, when we were talking about trying to donate some items, I have found that it's been immensely gratifying to be able to connect with other members in the community and be able to help them out. It's like this hand-to-mouth form of giving yep. that really is very valuable to me. You have a lot of people in the world who are maybe changing chapters in their lives and you know maybe they're not on some sort of formal assistance, but they could use a helping hand and that's one way that you can do that in a totally dignified way. You can kind of help people get things that they can afford that are in good working condition and help a, a fellow neighbor in need. Great. Thank you for coming on the show. I think we all learned a lot, and I'm sure Definitely. that like I'm going to go back home and immediately start looking at the price tag of everything and uh, <laughs> getting it online. All the tips to do this for yourself are in this book, and it's small, as I said, easy to read. <laughs> uh, the podcast will be available soon. Go to thedevsite.com for more information. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank, thank you. And thanks. thanks for watching Business Beat on WICN. Feel free to reach out uh, with uh, questions and ideas, and we'll continue to do this as a community service to you. Oh, that was so much fun. Thank you again to Media Boss and WICN for permission to share this interview with you. You have been listening to Upcycling with Deb. My name is Deb Colometta. Be sure to reach me on Instagram and Twitter at Deb Colometta or on the website, thedebsite.com. Thank you for giving me your most valuable asset, which is your time. Tune in next time to learn more tips, tricks, and hacks on how you can live your best life. Music